Matthew 25, 26. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body, symbolic of my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, drink you all of it or all of you drink it. Other translations would say probably more accurately. For this is the blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Jesus said, this cup is a new covenant. It's the New Testament in my blood. And with this wonderful salvation that we have, I want to talk about the privilege we have to say goodbye to yesterday. God bless you. Please be seated. Say goodbye to yesterday. Well, I don't think this comes as a shock to anyone, but today, New Year's Eve, 12, 31, 23. Pretty exciting day. And tonight, as the clock strikes midnight in our respective time zones, for everyone watching online and those that are out of town in other time zones this weekend, we're going to say goodbye to 2023 and we're going to welcome the adventures that await us in 2024. Was it too long ago, a couple years ago, and I have it marked in my calendar as a reminder, uh, many of us that went through COVID illness and for me, five days in the hospital, I can say, thank God, and Greyhound is gone. Amen. <laughs> say goodbye to yesterday. Now, I know that today and the next few days and perhaps over the last week or so, uh, many have been making New Year's resolutions and we're going to choose to be better in 2024 than we were in 2023. I'm not uh, afraid to admit that I can be better and do better so I choose to make some decisions to try to improve uh, as I continue to walk through this life. Improved uh, health and fitness, improved relationships, improved personal growth plan, improved uh, spiritual disciplines to be more like Jesus Christ, and improved mission to sharpen and revive the focus of my purpose in life. And maybe you're thinking like that too at this time of the year of health and fitness, of relationships, of personal growth, of spiritual disciplines like prayer and reading your Bible and fasting and an improved mission to revive my purpose in life and bring a sharper focus to why God placed me on planet earth. So at midnight, we welcome a new year. But there's a catch to all things new. There's a prerequisite to becoming a new and improved version of you. Before you can welcome the new, you have to decide to discard the old to make way for the new. There's some things that have to go in all of us if we're going to be more like Jesus Christ in 2024. In the process of salvation, 
before you can become a new creation in Jesus Christ, you must first die to self-will and sins and repentance. You cannot be filled with the Holy Spirit until you have emptied yourself of sin and self-will through repentance. Amen? You've got to have a death to the old before there can be a birth to the new. Now, repentance is a change of heart, mind, and life direction away from sin and toward God. And before you can be filled with the new, you've got to get rid of the old. Disciples of Jesus who are here today, that's most of us, we need to say goodbye to yesterday so we can take up our cross daily and follow Jesus Christ to be more like him. Amen. Regardless of your season of life and regardless of your standing with God, whether you're sitting here or watching there, saved or lost, today is a wonderful opportunity to say goodbye to yesterday. Amen. Amen. That's the purpose of my message today. Now today, later in the service, we're going to receive communion or the Lord's Supper. And the first communion was instituted by Jesus Christ on the eve of the Passover, the day in which he was crucified. When the Apostle Paul looks back on this and writes about it, he says it was on the night in which he was betrayed that Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper. On this night, Jesus had arranged there to be, miraculously, a large upper room. It was furnished, and he was there with all 12 of his disciples, even the defector Judas who would betray him that night, and he was eating this Passover meal with them. It was the night that Jesus taught them, John 13 through 16. He prayed an intercessory prayer over them, John 17. He prepared them for his death. He taught them a lesson on servant leadership when he washed their feet that night. This was the night that Jesus, that Judas went out into the night and covenanted for 30 pieces of silver to betray the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible said that after the supper had been ended, evidently he had taken bread during the supper, but after it was over, he took the bread and he likened that unleavened bread to his body that would be given or broken for them. Matthew 26, 26. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to the disciples and said, take eat, this is my body. Now we do not believe the Bible teaches that when you take the bread that it is transubstantiation, that the, blood, the, the bread becomes the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is symbolic of his body. The Bible said in other parallel passages in Mark and Luke, this is my body which is given for you. It's my body which is broken for you. It is broken and blessed and it is given. Amen. He told them to take and eat. This is my body. They took the bread and he gave thanks and break it. And he said, this is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. I've been thinking about this phrase. It's really not part of my message do this in remembrance of me. Jesus was not worried about his legacy. He was not asking them to just keep him in mind, but he wanted them to remember as long as they live, they would look back on this season. They would look back on his death, burial, and resurrection. And they would never forget 
that through his death, burial, and resurrection, that he broke the power of the past, that he broke the power of sin, that he broke the hold that the past had on them, that through the shedding of his blood, that they could say goodbye to yesterday. Now, this bread was not like a loaf of bread that was baked by Flowers Bakery that you can buy in the grocery store. It was primitively made. It was unleavened bread. There was no yeast in this bread. This was instituted in Exodus in the Passover that you would make the bread in haste. You would leave in haste. You would get out of your old life as quickly as possible. You have your shoes on. You're fully dressed. You've got your staff in your hand. You're going to get out of the past as soon as the Lord delivers you in what the Bible calls that great exodus, an entire book devoted toward the deli- to the deliverance of Israel from Egyptian bondage. Do this in remembrance of me. Every time you receive communion, you look back to the time that Jesus shed his blood, his body was broken, that he delivered us from the power of sin. This do in remembrance of me. And this bread is untainted with yeast, just as his body was untainted by sin. And then he said, the Bible said he took the cup, the fruit of the vine. We use grape juice in our church. Matthew 26, 27. He took the cup, gave thanks and gave it to them saying, drink you all of it. And uh, for this is the blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. My message today is focused on this new covenant, this new Testament that Jesus spoke of in Matthew 26, 28. This is the New Testament. It's in my blood. It is shed for many for the remission of sins. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. This New Testament, this new covenant, would instituted, be instituted by the blood of Jesus Christ that would be the payment for the sins of the world. Hebrews 10 and 10 said it was through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. John wrote in 1 John 2 and 2 that Jesus was the propitiation. This is a Bible word. He was the satisfaction of the wrath of God uh, once for all for the sins of the entire world. Now the words testament and covenant are used interchangeably in the Bible and in my, in my message today. A covenant is a contract between two parties. It's an agreement that you make. There's the Old Covenant or the Old Testament and the New Testament. In the Bible, the Old and New Testaments are between God and his people. It's an agreement that God made with his Old Testament church and with his New Testament church. And these two covenants provide two very different ways in which God related to man. I want to share with you several contrasts of the Old Covenant and the new covenant. The Ten Commandments plus the 600 laws were all about the Old Covenant. The Old Testament was given by God through Moses in about 1400 BC. And those laws are recorded in the Old Testament of the Bible. The New Testament refers to the gospel of Jesus Christ, that, that new agreement, that new covenant that God made with man. It is recorded in the New Testament 
of your Bible. 39 books of the old, 27 books of the new. This new covenant was given through the death of Jesus Christ. That's why he said, this is the New Testament in my blood. It is my blood that is making this new agreement that gives you the power to say goodbye to yesterday. This new covenant emphasizes grace that was given by the gift of God. It is not salvation that you can earn through your own goodness or righteousness. There is nothing that you can do to earn the favor of God. You cannot get good enough to get God. But God in his mercy laid down his life for us. He paid the price for our sins that we can have eternal life. That is the power of the New Testament. The old covenant came by Moses. The new covenant came by Jesus Christ. The old covenant led to death. The new covenant led to life. The old covenant ended with Jesus Christ. And the new covenant was introduced by Jesus Christ. The old covenant exposed and defined sin. The new covenant provided a means to permanently cover our sins. The old covenant brought a curse, but the new covenant redeemed us from the curse of the law. In the old covenant, living was, was by living by the law without power. But in the new covenant, we have the power to live by the principles of the law by faith. The old covenant was weak through the flesh. Amen. Perfect in principle, but weak by us. But the new covenant has power to allow us to become the sons of God. The old covenant was a shadow of things to come. It was a type. But the new covenant is a reality received by every one of us who have been born again of water and of the spirit. The old covenant was covered by glory. The glory was covered. But in the new covenant, it is revealed. We all with open face behold the glory of the Lord. The old covenant had many high priests, but the new covenant only has one high priest, Jesus Christ. The old covenant had an earthly high priest, but the new covenant has a heavenly high priest. The old covenant had an earthly tabernacle, but the new covenant has a heavenly tabernacle. The old covenant had a priesthood that was in the lineage of Aaron, but the new covenant is a different priesthood. It is after the order of Melchizedek, after the order of an endless life. Amen. The old was the law written in tables of stone. But the new covenant is the law written in the fleshly tables of our heart. Under the old covenant, sins were remembered every year. But under the new covenant, our sins are never remembered again. They are put behind his back. They are buried in the depths of the sea. They are never remembered against us again. I'm glad for the power of a new. This is my blood of the New Testament. Paul said the old covenant was written with ink, but the new covenant is written by the spirit of God. Matthew 26, 28, for this is the blood of of the New Testament was shed for many for the remission of sins. 
His blood is the basis for the Old Testament, for the New Testament, this new covenant and the blood of bulls and goats, the Bible said, can never permanently take away sins. But Jesus Christ once for all settled it. I started to say earlier that on this Passover that was celebrated by Jesus and his disciples, that it was the last Passover. In reality, it was. But I know that since then, many Jewish people celebrate Passover over and over again. But Jesus Christ, that Passover was the last one, and he settled it by the shedding of his blood. Now we enter into this new covenant by having our sins covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. It is by entering a covenant relationship with God by this new testament, this new covenant. It is turning away from our old life, our old sins and repentance. Remember, repentance is a change of heart, life and life, to mind, heart, mind and life direction away from sin and toward God. This new covenant is applied to our life when we are buried with Jesus Christ by baptism into death. I hope you never get weary of us every service saying today, we are ready to baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. We have clean water. It's warm. We've got changing garments, changing rooms, garments, towels, everything you need. We understand that baptism is essential to salvation. For if we are buried with him by baptism into his death, we will also be raised with him in the likeness of his resurrection. Repentance, baptism, and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is a power of God. It is that final step of God writing his law in the fleshly tables of your heart. It is written with his spirit. It gives you the power to live by the principles of God's word. Why willpower alone cannot do it. The best of us are not good enough to live for God in the power of our flesh. It doesn't matter what kind of flesh you have. Maybe you were raised in the church like I was, but I did not have the power to live for God. But it was the power of the Holy Ghost that helped me overcome the power of sin in my life. And when the New Testament is applied to your life, you can say goodbye to yesterday. The power of sin is broken. The record of sin is erased. Our sins are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And we have a right standing with God. This is not about a feeling. It's really not about speaking in other tongues, although that has happened. That happens when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. But there's something miraculous that happens. The Bible talks about our names written in the Lamb's book of life. The Bible says that we are justified with God. We are made just as if we had never sinned before the blood is applied. There is nothing that can cause you to be right with God. But when his blood is applied to your life, God sees you as sinless, just as if you had never cursed 
had never lied, never stolen, never been immoral, never done a dirty deed, never had a bad attitude, never done one thing wrong in your life. It is the power of the blood that makes you just like Jesus Christ, just as you had never sinned. Amen. I want you to thank God for God sees you through the blood. He sees you as righteous, as holy, as saved. Second Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if any one, any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. This word creation is interesting. It is like a new species, something that has never been created in this world. God creates something in us by the power of his spirit that has never been experienced in the past. He is a new creation. All things have passed away. You can say goodbye to yesterday when you are in Christ and behold, or in a moment, all things have become new. This new covenant gives us the power to say goodbye to yesterday. The Bible makes it clear that salvation is the beginning of a new life. The Spirit of God gives us a new heart and a new spirit. We rise to walk in the newness of life. Yes, we do speak with new tongues. We become a new person in Christ Jesus. We put on a new nature. We enter a new and living way by the blood of Jesus Christ. We are saved and will spend eternity with Jesus Christ in a new Jerusalem. In heaven, we're going to sing a new song, the song of the redeemed. And God is creating new heavens and a new earth. And Jesus said in Revelation 21 and 5, and he that sat upon the throne said, behold, I make all things new. Amen. I'm thankful that the power of salvation makes all things new and gives me the ability to say goodbye to yesterday. One of my favorite stories in the Gospels that makes this point is about a woman who was immoral. She was caught in the very act of adultery. They dragged her to Jesus Christ. And they said to him, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Moses' law says that she should be stoned to death. But what do you say? Are you going to go against the law? Are you going to just let her go? Are you going to stand with the Bible? Are you going to just look the other way? So Jesus stoops down and he writes on the ground. And they're perplexed by this, I'm sure. He stands up and he looks at all of them and says, He that is without sin. All of you perfect people. You'd be the first one to cast a stone at her. 
You need to think about that next time you judge someone. Because only God is holy enough to judge by the law. And none of us are holy enough to judge by that righteous standard. Steve's down. He's riding on the ground again. And they're all convicted by their own conscience. And starting with the oldest to the youngest, they all kind of fade away into the early morning light. And Jesus is left standing there alone with this woman who is humiliated, guilty of sin. And Jesus said, where, where are your accusers? Has no man condemned you? And she said, no man, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. He said, there was a yesterday in your life, and it was a sinful yesterday, but I have come to bring something new so that you can wave goodbye to the deepest sins you've ever committed to the power of the past, you can say goodbye to yesterday. Amen. There are consequences to sin and some sins bring greater consequence. But Jesus came to redeem us from the curse of the law to set us free from the power of sins. There's another guy. He's blind, Bartimaeus. Sitting by the roadside begging, he hears that Jesus is passing by. And he says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And they all tell him to be quiet. But Jesus stops and he calls for him. And there's an interesting phrase in this story. In Mark 10 and 50, the Bible said that Bartimaeus casting away his garment. He's sitting there on the side of the road. And he's got his uh, overcoat around him. You know, it just kind of identifies him as a guy that's not very mobile. But he kind of throws it away. So nothing will hinder him from getting to Jesus. And blind as he was, he found his way to the voice that said, come to me. And Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? And he said that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Made you whole. He received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. So today, I just want to tell you, there may be something covering you that is kind of indicative of your past. It's hung on to you. But today, I want you to throw it away and say goodbye to yesterday. And say, that was the old me. But there's a new covenant. There's a new agreement. And now there's a new me. And I say goodbye to yesterday. Goodbye to the past. Goodbye to the power of sin. Now I need to take just a moment to say to those of you who look in your past and for a long time since God saved you, it's good. You've been faithful to God and he's been faithful to you. And your life is one of blessing. 
You may not regret yesterday. Amen. Because yesterday you've been building on the foundation of salvation and a legacy of longevity and serving God. But regardless of what yesterday meant for you, today is a day to shift your focus from yesterday to tomorrow. I thank God for yesterday, but we never rest on successes or blessings of the past. Through Ezekiel, the Lord told us that even a good righteous man, you can live all of your life and at the end of your life, choose to go back on God and all of your righteousness will be forgotten. So I'm here to tell all of us today that even if you've got blessing in your past, it's time to say goodbye to the past. Thank God for it, but look to the future and to tomorrow. Amen. Paul wrote to people like us, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I can say, thank God for 2023 and his blessings in our church. But I'll be honest and say, there's some things I'm ready to say goodbye to about last year. I'm looking forward to what God is going to do tomorrow and all the tomorrows of the future and in that eternal tomorrow. So today I wave goodbye. I say goodbye to yesterday. Salvation is like a line of demarcation that separates your past from your future. In Exodus chapter 12, verse 1, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, and Aaron in the land of Egypt saying, this month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It's not January. Not there January. But you're going to get to start over this month. Like our January 1. The Lord said it shall be the first month of the year to you. It's going to be a time of new beginnings. The Lord went on to instruct them about their exodus from Egypt. They're going to kill a lamb. Apply the blood to the sides and tops of the door frames of your house. Exodus 12 and 7. And they shall take the blood and strike it on the two side posts and the upper door posts of the houses wherein they shall eat it. The Lord said this night, I'm going to pass through all the land of Egypt. Amen. And I'm going to kill the firstborn of everyone who does not have blood applied to their house. Exodus 12 and 13. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. I will tell you today that God is coming to judge this earth. But when he sees the blood applied to your life through salvation, through the new birth, his judgment will pass over you He's got plans for his people. 
The people of Israel had spent 430 years in Egypt. They had a long history of slavery. But in a single night, the Lord delivered them from Egyptian bondage. The Lord told his people, it doesn't matter how long you've been in this state. Doesn't matter how fierce and hard your bondage has been. Today, I'm getting you out of here. Today, you can look back at Egypt and say goodbye to yesterday. And so to you, I can tell you that if you will turn from your sins and turn toward the Lord, there is no power on earth that can keep you from walking away from your past. I know that yesterday shaped your today, but it does not have to have power over your tomorrow. Every one of us was born with a sin nature and every one of us has done our evil deeds and sinned in our lives. But when the power of this new life comes, of the new covenant, there is nothing that can stop you from walking away from your past. That's why today I say, say goodbye to yesterday and walk into the tomorrows that God has planned for you. If fear has tormented you, say goodbye to yesterday and let perfect love cast out the fear in your life. If you have dealt with unspeakable hurt and your heart has been broken, if you have been bound in a prison of addiction, if grief has hung heavy over your life like a heavy garment. The Lord gave a word of prophecy through the prophet Isaiah that the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim deliverance, to, liberty to the captives the opening of the prison to them that are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Say goodbye to yesterday's sins. Say goodbye to yesterday's failures. Say goodbye to yesterday's regrets. Say goodbye to yesterday's hurts. I know that outside Jesus Christ, outside of him alone, none of us 
has a perfect yesterday. We've been shaped by our yesterdays. But as I said earlier, Jesus Christ has the power to break the past in your life. And there is nothing that can hold you back from saying goodbye to yesterday. For whom the Son is set free is free indeed. Now, I want to be clear that no single moment can form a new habit in your life. Nothing that happens here today is going to help you form a habit. But what happens here today can break the power of any habit that has held you bound. And it can give you the power to form godly habits and set new resolutions that you can actually live in 2024. So today, by the power of a new covenant, by a new testament, in the blood of Jesus Christ, would you say goodbye to yesterday? Say goodbye. There's a wonderful man in our church. He's been here for decades. One day he told me his testimony. He said, when I came to God, I was addicted to nicotine, smoked three packs of cigarettes a day. But in a single day, he said, when God filled me with the Holy Ghost, he broke the power of the past in my life. I was instantly delivered from that habit. Now I understand the psychological addiction that you've got to choose every day to walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. But I'm just telling you by the testimonies of people in this building today that such were some of us. But now we've been washed. We've been sanctified. We've been justified. We've seen the power of a new covenant deliver us from the power of our past. We've waved goodbye. We've said goodbye to yesterday. We're not going back because of the power of the blood. <clears throat> Let's thank the Lord. Hallelujah. <clears throat> On the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. It was not speaking of his life. He was speaking about the plan of redemption. In the Greek, the word, he shouted with a cry with a loud voice, Megaphone, like a megaphone. It is finished. A price has been paid. You are free from the power of your past. When I was growing up, we used to sing a song in church. <clears throat> yes, I know. The lyrics go like this. Come, you sinners. 
lost and hopeless. Jesus' blood. Hallelujah. Jesus' blood can make you free. For he saved the worst among you when he saved a wretch like me. And I know. Yes, I know. Jesus' blood can make the vilest sinner clean. And I know. Yes, I know. Jesus' blood can make the vilest sinner clean. Jesus said, this is my blood of the new covenant, the new testament, which is shed for the remission of sins. Today we're going to receive the Lord's Supper. Communion. It was instituted by Jesus Christ on that Passover night. And if you did not pick up a communion cup earlier, and you did not do that when Brother Jerry mentioned it earlier, ushers, if you'll help me now, if you'll raise your hand, just hold up your hand. Ushers are coming quickly to serve you a communion cup. Just hold up your hand if you'd want to receive communion. Right down here, we have several people. Thank you. We're going to receive communion together. I will try to give clear instructions. We're going to do what Jesus said and receive it together. And after we receive communion, the ushers will pass through the congregation they'll pass by and you can put those empty containers there you can discard them as you leave today that's going to be the simplest cleanest way if we collect them after communion we're going to take time to pray today we're going to have a personal altar we're going to come to the altar and pray I felt so strong in my spirit several days ago that on this New Year's Eve service I was to preach this message to encourage you to say goodbye to yesterday. Not just because you should but because you can. We all know there's some things that we need to leave in yesterday. But we also know that we've dragged that past along with us for far too long. Some sins, some regrets, some hurts. You've got your list. But today, that should change. And today, that can change. That's the hope of salvation. 
The Apostle Paul reflected on this night, the Lord's Supper, we call communion. This unleavened bread and these little wafers, these new modern little cups, it's not as intimate as it was in that upper room, but it's practical for a large crowd. The unleavened bread symbolizes the body of Jesus Christ that was broken for us. And I believe when I take that symbol of his broken body, that I am receiving healing in my body, healing in my mind, healing in my spirit. His flesh was pierced. No bones broken because he submitted. But his body was pierced. It was broken for us. In our church, we receive grape juice, the fruit of the vine. It symbolizes the blood of Jesus Christ that he freely gave. Jesus said, no man takes my life from me. I lay it down myself. He chose to take our place on the cross. He chose to take the penalty of sin in his body. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He knew what it was to become a curse for us so that we can be set free from the curse of sin. So those symbols. But Paul wrote and he said, before, before you do this, you need to examine yourself. You don't need to do this in a flippant way. You don't need to do this with sin in your life. There may be some unfinished business you need to take care of after church. But right now we're going to take care of business with God. We don't want to be guilty of the body and blood of Jesus Christ. So examine yourself and then after you examine yourself, then we're going to partake of this. Jesus said, because people did not discern the Lord's body. I believe that means his body on the cross and his body, the church. If you read 1 Corinthians 11. That many were sick, many were weak, and many had prematurely died. But I believe when we examine ourselves and we cleanse our hearts, that instead of being sick, weak, and dead, we are well, we are strong, and we are full of life. Paul is speaking literally here about weak, sick, and dead. I believe the power of the blood of Jesus Christ can make us well, strong, and alive. So before we receive communion, we're going to take a few moments to pray. Paul said if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. We're judged, we're chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. So right now, would you enter a time with me of repentance and prayer? Examine yourself. If there's anything in you that is not like Jesus Christ, would you confess it and forsake it today? Let's pray right now. Let's lift up our voices to the Lord and pray. In 
No one is condescending right now. No one is judging anyone else now. We're all judging ourselves. We're all praying to God for ourselves. said pray wash me thoroughly that I would be clean wash me that I should be whiter than snow purge me with hyssop David said that I may be clean hallelujah what can wash away my sins nothing nothing but the blood of Jesus so today Lord God Hallelujah, we come to you in communion. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Would you take a moment to thank the Lord for forgiveness? Instantaneously when you repent, When you confess and forsake, God forgives. I know you've got habits to build. Maybe you've got unfinished business to take care of. But right now, receive the power of forgiveness in your life. Amen. Now, if you would carefully take off that first little tab. Take this wafer in your hand. It is unleavened bread. We're going to receive this together. I'm reading the words of Paul who reflects on that night that Jesus instituted this communion. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. That the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Would you take this bread now and together let's receive the body of Jesus Christ and identify with his body that was broken for us. I want you to thank the Lord for his body that was broken for you. He said, do it in remembrance of me. Don't ever forget that I set you free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
1 Corinthians 11.25 After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped saying this cup is the New Testament in my blood this do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me how would you take the cup pull off that other little tab and we're going to drink this together Now would you see Jesus Christ on the cross? Blood streaming from his head, from his hands, from his side, from his feet. From head to toe, his blood was shed. See that sword driven into his side, that spear. Out came blood and water after he had expired. Would you thank the Lord for his blood that is shed for the remission of sins? Let's thank the Lord now. Hallelujah. Our ashes are coming down the aisles. They're going to just pass these containers by. Our worship team can come. Thank you, Jesus. What's the purpose of this? Why are you doing this, Christian people? 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. We're looking back, but we're looking ahead. We're staying anchored to the cross. So we can be ready for the rapture. We're saying goodbye to yesterday. So we can welcome an eternal tomorrow. We're living in the present. But we're looking for eternity. We're putting to death our flesh. So we can be alive in the spirit. So today I say be strong by the blood of Jesus Christ. Be healed by the power of the blood. Be filled with life. I curse death in Jesus' name. Would you thank Him? Would you magnify Him? Would you say goodbye to the past? Goodbye to yesterday. Oh, let's praise Him. Let's praise Him. Let's praise Him. Let's praise Him. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood. Thank you, Jesus, for your broken body. That's it. Say goodbye to yesterday. Let go of the past. Let go of the hurt. Let go of the sin. Let go of the regret. Let comfort replace your grief. Let him give you the garment of praise by the spirit of heaviness. 
Thank God for the blood applied. 